episode, I get to speak with attorney Natalie Gold. She has appeared on Good Morning America, CBS, and Fox News, just to name a few. She has also been featured in articles such as CNN World, The New York Post, and Cosmopolitan. We go over her story on how she became the accomplished attorney she is today and all the trials she had to persevere to get there. We also talk about one of my favorite topics, which is how the attorney and paralegal are to be partners and work in unison. The partnership between the attorney and paralegal are oftentimes overlooked, and yet it is so essential to the success of the firm. Listen in for more. Hi, Natalie, how are you? Welcome to- Hey, Anna, how are you? Thank you for having me. Oh my God, of course. I'm super stoked about this. We actually met um, through LinkedIn, so that was pretty cool. And you have an interesting story. I saw your post the other day about all your triumphs and what you went through and how you've always just been a go-getter. So you want to talk a little bit about that so the audience can kind of get a feel of who you are and where you come from? Hi, everyone. I'm Natalie Gold. I am a legacy and wealth attorney around the country, and I plan for people. I plan for people on how they can leave a legacy of love, as I call it. So it's not just what I do. It's truly who I am, because as Ed is referencing, from the age of 15, I was in a very terrible car accident. I was a pedestrian walking. Two guys were racing their cars at 60 miles an hour. One hit me without putting a foot on the brake and I survived. So uh, figuring that out and how to literally get back up and standing and walking and planning on, okay, like I have a big purpose. I have to do something great. And how do you do college in two years? How do you do law school in two and a half? How do you not take out a penny in debt? How do you start your own law firm at 24. All things I had to figure out on my own. I didn't come from a family who had laid out the map for me with the silver spoon. It just wasn't the way I was brought up. So uh, when I say that I plan for people, I mean like I take my own self as the biggest example of planning and perseverance. And what are you gonna do in this one beautiful, amazing life? Absolutely. And I love it because we all, you know, our days are counted, right? So it's definitely worth planning for the days that you are here. And your story is like the epiphany of that. So that's amazing. And I really love that you can share that and just really live in that moment, right? Live in that story day to day by your services, by your personality, by sharing it with the world. So much appreciated, especially on my end. We have a lot in common. Um, when it comes to that. So that's awesome. And I wanted to kind of get into, I mean, obviously you're an attorney and you have all this amazing um, things going for you, but the paralegal um, for you is more like a partnership, which is what I always love to promote to the audience, that it should be a partnership. It should be teamwork. It should be working together to accomplish the same goals. So tell us a little bit about your point of view. Yeah, you have to, first of all, you treat everyone you meet with respect. And um, my mother always taught me that you get catch a lot more flies with honey than you do with vinegar. <laughs> I love it. And that has been a cornerstone. I mean, people are always, they say to me, oh my God, and you're so nice and you're so down to earth. And I'm saying like, what should I be on a Mars and on a bitch? I mean, like really, 
what yeah. does, does that ever get anybody? It doesn't get you anywhere. This is true. And so, and I think a lot of that hardened, you know, like the women who we consider hardened or like tough to work with, I think they're really working from a mentality of they had to be tough to be like a man. Mm. And I think today our biggest success is actually leaning into our womanhood yeah. and our femininity. And I think that is about being kind and not being a pushover, but saying like, look, we're in this together. Yeah. And I want you to take ownership of the work you perform because I know your name is not on the door, but that's a big reason because of the bar rules and like, you can't split fees with non-lawyers and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> but the fact is like everything that comes out of this door is our work product. It's a sign of respect for all of us and for our clients. And I think if you come to the table with that kind of an understanding with all the people who work for you, from your assistant to your partner, to your paralegal, et cetera, I think you get a lot further down the road than just saying, this is the Natalie show and everyone else is shit. It just doesn't work. No, it doesn't. And I feel like um, teamwork is underrated, right? When it's supposed to be, you know, in sports, if you don't have teamwork, you're not going to win the game. So we should be taking that into consideration in every other aspect of life. When you're at a hospital, if your nurse and the medical assistant are not talking to the doctor, uh, you better be concerned. So, you know, in every other aspect, in every other industry, you know, teamwork is obviously the most successful outcome. So why is the legal industry, you know, why should it be an exception to that rule, right? Um, but I wanted to see, did you have any tips for paralegals, because I feel like sometimes paralegals are intimidated, right? Because of the fact they know that their name is not on the door, kind of like what you just stated, that the fees aren't split, that they're at a different pay rate than, you know, obviously the attorney, again, due to the bar and uh, regulations. But are, is there any tips on like building that confidence? Because I feel like you and I are kindred spirits in the fact that we just are born that way. We have that confidence ingrained in us, either through life, giving us, throwing us curveballs or just as a general, you know, personality trait. Um, but not everybody's like that. So what are your thoughts on building that confidence up? <laughs> Look, you just, you know, people need to know what they're signing up for. Like the attorney signed up for three years of hell in law school <laughs> and how many years of giving away their life to learn the law at a law firm. Yeah. So like they paid that ticket admission price. Now it's not to say that a paralegal is not even maybe a more valuable person on the team. I really think if you have a superstar paralegal team, like you can do anything. Yeah. But the fact is like the pay rate is just not the same because it's like what the market will bear, right? Will the market pay someone with those credentials, right or wrong? More, yes. Like it's why, you know, most people want to go to an MD and not, it's just different. So I think, however, again, it goes back to if you're working hand in hand with that attorney, and if you're being abused and not spoken to nicely, you need to have self-respect for yourself and say like, I'm not going to work here. Yeah. It's just not worth it because to be honest, the paralegals are in super high demand. 
There's a lot of small firms out there who need a great paralegal staff. I love what you do with your outsource services. Mm-hmm. I think that is the future of every industry because people want the number one thing is independence, yeah. which I will make synonymous to freedom, right? Whichever word we use. And I think that the grind of going into a law firm every single day is just not working for many people anymore. I mean, that was personally my experience. You know, I worked in the grind for 15 years before I decided to take the plunge, right? Um, Not everybody can wait those 15 years. You know, circumstances, life, and financial factors also play a role, and it's sometimes not feasible. But again, I think if you do it scared, you'll, you'll be able to, you know, supersede. Like, if you were to say, oh, it's impossible for me to graduate, you know, by the age of 24, built by firm, by, you know, whatever then you would have never done it, right? Because you're putting up all these obstacles. And I think that's that's giving you a disservice and possibly other people that you want to provide your services to. And I, I think- just really, you know, Etta, to me, it's so clear. These law schools were pumping out all these lawyers, many of whom did not end up at big firms or don't want to be there. Yeah. Many of whom don't have the legal experience. They have a law degree but no experience, by the way, the paralegals have. This is true. (laughs) So it's like, you need them. (laughs) So to me, like, why wouldn't you do that? Why wouldn't you be successful having an outsourced paralegal company? And I think you are, and I think that's the way. Yeah, no, I mean, and I think the pandemic highlighted that as well. That's something that the pandemic has really highlighted the paralegal role and I guess the importance of it. Some attorneys don't really know what to do with paralegals or what their value is. They, they were never really taught that in law school, I believe. I don't know if they've been to law school, but um, it's not something that um, is taught, right? Practicing law is not taught in law school. Let's just be real. You learn that while you actually are practicing well, law. The, That's why it's right. Law. And the business is not taught. So, like for example, a lot of attorneys I've seen will hire attorneys to do what really is a paralegal's job. Hmm. Or they won't implement the thousand dollar a year technology, but they'll hire a person to do that. Really? (laughs) Yeah. I mean, you know, terribly law firms are run. They're shit storms. Yeah, this is true. Absolutely. So, So like if they took the five seconds and a breather to look at the tech and like, how can this help me? I think they'd probably be able to do with a lot less people, honestly. (laughs) Not only that, they buy softwares that may not be able to sustain the business model, right? Because sometimes uh, certain legal softwares are just not, um, I guess, developed enough to sustain the business model and like either big, small law firm, whatever, you know, whatever the case may be. Um, so they buy out, you know, they think that by buying this fancy software, it's going to, you know, alleviate all their issues, right? It's going to automatically just get them clients or do whatever it is that they need in order to build up the business. And sometimes it, it doesn't work that way. There's... The thing with software is you have to use it and you have to understand what you're about. Like people are like, LinkedIn doesn't work for me. I'm like, well, how often do you post? Oh, I don't post. <laughs> So you can have the vehicle and the technology that works beautifully, but you have to use it, you have to turn it on. And a lot of people, you know, we want to say, oh yeah, we're using this and that to feel better. Like, okay, 
we did the right thing, what our peers are doing. But if you don't use it, it's essentially worthless. Right. Or you use you money capacity, right? Because you're using it like some softwares have a lot more. You can do your billing and your caseload management and everything within that software, but yet you just purchase another one that does your billing. And then you which software do you like to use, Etta? I don't like to use any. <laughs> I'm not a case. Well, I don't have a caseload, right? So I, I'm not in need for a caseload management. But I do use Clocktify for my billing. So like my invoicing and things like that. I use whatever the law firm has, um, you know, at this point, because my services are more project based. So, so are you finding that most law firms are implementing these technologies or not? Yes, they are. Well, I guess with my recommendation, <laughs> because I'm like, you need a software that can sustain your business model. You know, you need like Clio's great. And I love Clio, nothing against Clio. And I know the Florida bar has like this whole thing, you know, a whole campaign with um, Clio and getting discounts and everything. And they're great for like small to mid firms. But once you're up to a certain level of caseloads, you know, cases, it, it's only going to do so much. Um, you know, if you're at the Salesforce level, which is in law, it's called yeah. Litify. You know, Litify is more of the Salesforce kind of thing for law. Um, yeah, then use Litify, you know, use the investment. Another thing is like you said, it's the investment, right? So you invested all this money and yet you're not using it. So it's like, why did you, you know, buy this? Why, why are you investing so much money on all these multiple softwares when one can do it all for you? <laughs> but, I think that's a big area for you at, um, of education to your clients, yeah. Because so many people are bombarded. So of course the salesperson is going to tell you what you want to hear, but your sales demo is 30 minutes. You're saying yes or no. Yeah. And then you're stuck with this technology for a year or more. Or more. Yeah. <laughs> and like, do you really know what you're getting? So I think for you really education around the different techs and, and what you like, I mean, that, what, what I just heard about Clio is the first time I've ever heard that. Hmm. So it's I'm a interesting. consultant, by the way, just full disclosure. <laughs> you are a consultant for that? I am. I am a consultant. That's why I know so much about them. And I know the ins and outs of what they're capable of. And they know as well. They're learning. They're, you know, just like anything else, right? So a software, um, the person that creates software is called a software developer, right? So because they're developing this actual um product, right? Just for lack of a better word. Um, and so, yeah, so what they do is they take the feedback from the users, which aka most likely is going to be a paralegal or a legal assistant. And they're like, no, this kind of doesn't work. You know, you got to do it this way, or it would be better off this way. And the legal industry is a different monster. They think that just because they've done it before, you know, for a different company, they think they can come in and they can do it, you know, for a law firm. And it doesn't work that way. The needs for law firms and the legal industry in general are completely different than the needs of a typical corporate business, um, especially when it comes to the confidentiality aspect, because that is held at a higher standard when it comes to medicine and legal, right? We have a whole, well, a whole course and a whole semester on just ethics and confidentiality. Right. So um, as, as paralegals do, and we have continuing legal educations that are mandatory on ethics and confidentiality because of that. So when it comes to those things, 
and the policies and the procedures as it is to develop, which is what I do as well. I help developers develop software. Like that's for the legal industry. Like that's my thing. That's what I do aside from educating and doing everything else. Cause you know, I'm, I'm an overachiever. <laughs> But um, I understand. <laughs> I think we we can we can uh, relate on that one. Um, but yeah, so it, it's definitely a different perspective when it comes to the everyday user versus the one that purchases it. So I think again, it comes down to really connecting with your team and really creating that team and really having those team meetings when you're making these huge decisions. I almost am hearing like really the lawyer should not even be on those calls and it should be the paralegal or the legal assistant who's walking through the technology to see if they can use it. Right. And if it's good for the firm, like it's not a one size fit all just because your colleague, you know, in the same state or in the same member group uses it doesn't mean it's going to work for your for your firm. Right. Like you're comparing it to not even in the same like personal injury needs and family law needs are completely different. Corporate needs and estate planning is completely different. So the software is only going to be as useful as your practice, right? So you have to, it's kind of like clothes. You got to try it on, see if you like it, see if you look good in it. <laughs> and if you don't, return it. <laughs> right, right. That's no, just I think it's great. Oh my God. Well, it was awesome, Natalie. I appreciate you. You are down to earth. You are a human, right? <laughs> and you're amazing. And if you don't know who she is, definitely check her out on LinkedIn. She's phenomenal. Always brings really good content, which is what attracted me to her in the first place. And I appreciate everything you do for the legal industry and really changing the narrative, which is what the Let's Talk Fair Legal uh, podcast is all about changing the narrative and really bringing humans back into the legal industry because I think sometimes uh, the Hollywood and the media really portray lawyers in a really bad light um, you know the, the common thing oh you're a lawyer also you're a professional liar like that's the first thing that we always hear out of almost everybody's mouth um, so it's really nice to see and it's refreshing to kind of bring to light you know all these awesome legal professionals doing it in and out every day you know, with the grind and the hustle, but also knowing when to take a break. <laughs> you know what? I truly think I'm in the best area of law because I get to help people and I don't have to deal with opposing counsel. Oh my goodness. Isn't that amazing? <laughs> <laughs> That's the best thing. <laughs> it is. It oh is indeed. God. Well, Eva, thanks so much for having me. Of course. Have a good one. Yeah, bye-bye.